Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, we're going to kick off this Monday with an interview that we've already recorded, and I enjoyed it with uh, SEC Mike, Michael Bratton, host of That SEC Podcast, probably one of the most well-informed people in the media and and around the SEC, uh, studies and knows everything about every program in the league. And that's why it's that SEC podcast. It's not just uh, Tennessee. It's the entire league and very, very knowledgeable about the league. Yeah, it was a joy to have him on. I started listening to his podcast this summer. Um, I actually started listening to it right around SEC media days. Uh, I was getting a, kind of a feel for uh, learning about the other teams. Uh, his episode that had Kentucky on, he did a, he did a rundown of every team that was – speaking on, on every given day. So I think for Kentucky, it was who Georgia Ole Miss and I think Tennessee, right? That day that uh, they were down there. So um, that was very informative. It was a good way to learn about the other teams in the league and uh, very happy to have him on to talk a little UK. Uh, we got into much more than UK though. We, we talked about Texas and OU coming in um, the AP poll, which came out today. And Sean, I guess we could touch on that real quick before we get to the interview. Any thoughts that you had on UK not being, a team that even received a vote for the top 25. It's one of those things where you're, they're going to have to go prove it again, Derek. That's just what's the, that's what the motto has been for Kentucky football. We talked about this on the episode yesterday, or I can't remember, I think it was yesterday where we were talking that uh, in previous last year, they were in the polls because the big 10 and other conferences weren't playing. So this is something to where Kentucky, if they can get off to a good start there, Derek, win the opener, and then you get a big win against Missouri, you could see this be a program that maybe breaks into the top 25 after the first month of the season. Uh, to me, it gives Stoops – we've talked about this locker room since they named Will Levis the quarterback and the, the energy that I think that that's going to provide in itself. But now if you're Stoops and Merrill and the staff, you have another little bit of a, a chip on your shoulder that you can continue to ride. They've they've been on that train for the last five or six years. It's worked for them. So why not? I, I don't think Stoops is sitting there thinking, ah, man, I, I hate that they were not in the, the AP poll. I hate that we didn't receive any votes. I look at it, Derek, that he's going to take this and use it as motivation again, the way they have every preseason. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things, too, where – um, it's almost noteworthy with the AP poll that they're not there because for for almost every other poll, they've been at least in that range of getting votes. I know the CBS poll is different. It's not people actually – I mean, it is people voting, but it's not, you know, coaches or, or AP voters. It's just people from CBS and from 24-7 sports. Um, but but where they were at CBS at 35, they were very close to, to where they ended up in the coaches' poll. I think about a two-spot difference. So, um this could be one of those years too, Sean, where it's sort of like 2018. They came in. I don't think they were. I don't think they were a team receiving votes in 2018. Uh, they beat Florida, who was ranked 25th. They still didn't get into the top 25. It wasn't until they beat Mississippi State, who was ranked 14th. You know, they had picked up their second win over a top 25 team. I mean, when you look at the schedule, it could almost set up similar to that this year. Um, if you're not even starting in the kind of others receiving votes, I almost think even with the 4-0 start, they'll still be on the outside looking in going into that Florida game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where uh, I think obviously they're going to have to do some work to break into that poll, and that's that's something that this, this program's used to having to do at this point. But you're right, where other polls have had them. I, I saw somebody make predictions for a poll, and they had them at 24. I can't remember where that was. It might have been a projections for the AP poll. 
but with them not receiving votes, that puts them at least what? Outside of the top 40, I would believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well outside the top 40. So uh, that's something to watch. We know that Will Levis is the quarterback. Joey Gatewood is now officially in the transfer portal as well, Derek. So things are moving pretty quickly on that front. Uh, as of right now, we're scheduled to be at practice Tuesday morning if the rain holds off. Last time I looked, there was about a 40% chance of rain starting at 9 o'clock. So hopefully that holds off tomorrow. If it does, we will likely put something short together with a, a post-practice recap, giving you everything that we saw and some things like that. So, Derek, I'm really hoping that we get in there tomorrow and get some access to that. You and me both. <laughs> um especially now with, with Levis being the starter, uh, you know, there's really nothing to hide in there. There's nothing could be too, you know, nothing will be made too big of a deal. I don't think, whereas had the quarterback battle still been going on, we probably wouldn't have gotten in there. I'm with you though. I'm hoping here in central Kentucky that the rain holds off and uh, we can get in there and it'll be the last time. And, and I'm always appreciative. I mean, some schools give more access, but um, you know, we, we'll get to watch about an hour. I'm sure of practice tomorrow and the the fan day was good but i do think you know we're we're now a few days past the first scrimmage so i do think how they line up who's in the rotations who's at the first team second team i think that's starting to hold some weight so i think uh if we get out there tomorrow we can see that i think it'll be good to kind of have an updated version because here in about two weeks probably from today we'll have the first step chart but uh, maybe this will give us a better idea going into to the couple Mondays from now as to where guys might be. Yeah, and I, I'm really wanting to see who those young wide receivers and stuff and see some of those guys. Maybe we'll get to see a little bit more of Isaiah Cummings too and what's going on there. Uh, so we'll, we'll be sure to uh, recap and give everything that's going on from that practice tomorrow if we're able to get in there. But we're not going to waste your time anymore. Let's go ahead and jump straight into this interview with SEC Mike. We hope you enjoy it. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. And now joining us on Kentucky Daily is Michael Bratton, better known as SEC Mike on Twitter. Mike, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Mike, I think we've got you at the perfect time because now we know who the quarterback is for Kentucky mm -hmm. this fall. Mark Stoops named Will Levis the starting quarterback. What's your initial reaction to that news? Well, I was certainly surprised at uh, how quickly they made the decision. And I mean, overall, though, you got to be thrilled, I think, if you're a Kentucky fan, because, uh, you know, it just goes to show how much better he must have been in the competition. And, uh, you know, it, with a new offensive coordinator, new play caller coming in, and then they go out in the transfer portal and add a quarterback, it would be kind of um, 
a red flag to say if that guy didn't win the job ultimately, but uh, really good. I think that he, that will Levis won the job so quickly only drawback. And I think it's a minor one, but the only drawback is now your quarterback depth is, uh, you know, it's, it's questionable to say the least, but of course we've all seen Joey Gatewood here in a couple of years that, that both at Auburn and at Kentucky, and he never truly impressed. So it may be a leap to say that uh, losing him is going to be a huge blow to Kentucky's offense. Yeah, Mike, I was going to ask you about Joey Gatewood. Obviously, um, a pretty short stay. It's like we hardly knew him here at UK. <laughs> he just played in a couple of games. But, uh, yeah, two schools now, two SEC schools he went to. Um, I guess kind of what would you expect his next move to be? Uh, he's officially in the transfer portal now. Of course, Mark Stoops last night said he would be there shortly, and he is today. He's officially in. So, So kind of what do you think might be next for him? Well, I mean, I think it's natural. We're all going to say, head on down to Orlando, reunite with Gus. <laughs> but, uh, of course, he left Gus Malzahn once before. So uh, I made a joke on my show because, I, I mean, honestly, I have no idea. But I, I certainly think Joey Gatewood is going to have to go down a level, whether that's, uh, you know, FCS or, or maybe not that far, but just G5. And uh, I suggested that uh, the guy just collecting former SEC quarterbacks is old. Reverend Hugh down there at Liberty. So uh, I would not be surprised to see uh, Joey Gatewood resurface at Liberty because Hugh Freeze has done a really good job getting the most out of these quarterbacks. He may be a terrible person, but he is one hell of a quarterback coach. We're all going to have our eyes on this Kentucky offense, and we know about their ground attack and what it's been for the last five or six years. But how excited are you to kind of see how balanced this attack is going to be under Liam Cohen, something Kentucky's not had pretty much the entire time Mark Stoops has been in Lexington. Yeah, and it's been uh, killing him. You know, I mean, I was a big fan of Eddie Grand. I really liked, uh, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit nationally. I know he does in the state of Kentucky for what they did with uh, Lynn Bowden under, I guess you could say under center. He was really in the shotgun the whole time. But, uh, you know, it that took a, a really good coaching move to to make that work, essentially. And uh, But maybe, uh, you know, that's all the credit we can give him because the offense just never progressed and it's just been so awful in the passing game, like you said, for, for so many seasons. So, uh, you know, I am fascinated to see what this Liam Cohen offense looks like. Sean McVay's offense is, has taken over in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I think it was a bold move for Mark Stoops to kind of bring that, be the first one to bring that into the SEC. And now we find out, uh, you know, how good it really works at the college level uh, because you're obviously working with, uh, you know, players that maybe are not going to be spending the time that uh, – we see these guys in the NFL spend. So, I mean, it all sounds good. It looks good. But until I see it on the field and week two, we got a big game here against Missouri going up against a defensive coordinator that's got more NFL experience than I think anybody in the entire SEC. Uh, we're going to find out real quick how good of a play caller Liam Cohen is. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to temper expectations, but hey, I've been doing this long enough, man, where the new coordinator always, oh, we're turning it around. We're going to be awesome. And then, you know, they said the same thing about Chad Morris down in Arkansas, but about halfway through his first season, they were ready to run him out of town. So I need to see it before I get too excited. And, uh, you know, one thing that's really given me a, a little hesitation, uh, I know all Kentucky fans really high on Josh Ali. He's a great player. Wondell Robinson getting him back. But what do you got besides that in the passing game? Uh, because, in the SEC, I mean, two receivers is not going to cut it. So Kentucky's going to need a three, a four, even potentially a five to emerge there uh, before I, again, before I 
we'll say, you know, that we're going to have a complete turnaround on that side of the ball. Mike, some more general um, SEC questions. I'm looking here back at media days. Um, back on July 18th, you picked um, Georgia to play LSU in the SEC championship game, but I'm, I'm looking at kind of your rankings. And in the SEC East, it was Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, and Vandy. Um, now, I mean, I know it's still kind of the early stages of camp, although some teams are actually already finished with fall camp uh, with classes starting. In, any changes? Um, in the East from what you picked back then or anything that maybe you think you might change before the season starts? Uh, well, it depends on uh, how many more guys Tennessee can uh, <laughs> get to the season because, my goodness, they're getting you know knocked with injuries and transfers and all this. So, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, a lot of confidence. I'm not sitting here saying Tennessee is going to be a great team, but I do think they're going to be a lot better than uh, people are giving them credit for at this moment. Uh, but, again, Kentucky – you know, in the spring, I had Kentucky as the second team in the East. So I don't think there's a huge gap between Florida and Kentucky, but still with all the questions that I just laid out with Kentucky's offense, that was pretty much the difference maker for me, why I put them number three in the East right now. And I know Florida loses a ton, but I just have so much confidence in Dan Mullen uh, to, to, you know, the offense is going to be different make no mistake, but he's one of the best in college football, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, asking his players to do what they can do and and not asking them uh, to do what they can. And, and a lot of coaches won't do that. So I think uh, Florida is going to be more of a ground and pound attack. They still have some, some solid receivers and tight ends. So it's not going to be, you know, like Kentucky's offense the last couple of years by any means, but, uh, and I think the Gators defense is going to make a huge strides this year. I think they're going to be you know, it'd be a stretch to say one of the better defenses in the SEC, but I think they'll be solid. And I think that's kind of what that's all they needed last year to they may have even beaten Alabama in the SEC championship game. So and, you know, but if you want to talk a large gap, I do see a huge gap between Georgia and everybody else. I just think it's the Bulldogs year. I'm picking them to not only win the SEC, but I'm picking them to win the national championship. I think this is the year. Finally, them 1980 jokes are finally put to bed. We're on the same page there. I also had Georgia winning the national title. So we might all be proven to be fools uh, for, for going uh, with Georgia, but anyway. It's that old reverse jinx, you know? What yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, staying on the SEC topic in, in general, uh, a lot of changes coming to the league with we know Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC pretty soon. Just what are your thoughts on that and just how much stronger does that make the league? Yeah, I love it. Um, as being a guy that covers the SEC and spends all my time on it, you know, I did not know this news was coming. Uh, the news that I had, you know, been hearing was that the SEC was contemplating breaking away from the NCAA. And I think this is a move that suggests, uh, you know, that's in the works because it really is, you know, I don't want to call it NFL junior, but it's just going to be, it literally is, you know, that you, you keep hearing the word super conference. And I'm not seeing many other programs across the country that could jump into the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, certainly not the Big 12, to make them super. So uh, I think this is a, just going to be a terrific move for the SEC. Uh, I'm not in the camp. You know, some of these people, I don't understand what they're looking at when they think that Texas is going to come in here. And, uh, you know, great stat from, uh, I think it was Barry Trammell, but he said Texas, the last 11 years, is the sixth winningest program in the Big 12. Sixth 
in 11 years. I mean, this is a long time. So I certainly don't think Texas is going to come in and, and make the SEC, you know, their league or anything like that. So uh, I'm not suggesting that, uh, you know, teams like Kentucky and Arkansas and Missouri should just, you know, throw their hands up and surrender. I think it's a complete 180. I think, uh, you know, how many times you guys cover Kentucky, but other these other schools I'm mentioning, South Carolina, you know, go down the list. How often do they lose? You know, it's not often, I wouldn't say, but quite, you know, every recruiting cycle, you're losing a, a recruiting battle to say, you know, a Big Ten school or uh, a Big 12 school or potentially an ACC school. I think this move is going to destroy that because who in the world is going to want to go play at Boston College when they're playing like a, like Little League, basically, compared to the SEC? So I think this helps the entire league. And I really credit Greg Sankey and, and the leadership in the SEC sitting here saying, you know, we're the most dominant program or excuse me, uh, conference in the nation right now. And we could probably stand pat and we'll be that way for the next couple of years. But this move, in my mind, solidifies that for the next decade, the next two decades, because if they didn't bring in Texas and Oklahoma, there's a possibility that the Big 12 or Big 10 or maybe even the ACC would have done it. And maybe that levels the playing field. So uh, I just think this is great news all around the SEC. I don't really see many negatives to it. Mike, last question I have for you. Um... This morning, the preseason AP poll came out. There were five teams from the SEC ranked in the top 25. You had Alabama at one, Georgia at five, Texas A&M at six, Florida at 13, LSU uh, at 16. And, of course, Kentucky will play three of those schools. But then the others receiving votes, you had Ole Miss at 27th and Auburn at 30th. Looking at the AP poll, any surprises? Any teams you think being undervalued? Teams you think are maybe, um, you know, we're going to have a better year than, than maybe what uh, what they're being projected as right now? And that could be general. It doesn't just have to be SEC, but just the AP polls as a whole. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, Ole Miss not being in there. I know they're right outside the the list. I, you know, I mean, they beat Indiana. They, I think they won four of their last five. They were pretty red hot towards the tail end of the stretch. So that surprises me. Uh, how low LSU is? You know, I, I said the same thing when the coaches poll came out. I would flip them with Florida. I mean, heck, they just they beat Florida in Gainesville last year, and, and they're bringing back a lot more production. So certainly, considering I got LSU winning the West, uh, you better believe I think they're underranked right now. But uh, and they, I would even say Kentucky there needs to be ranked. Uh, I know last season was you know not the record they wanted, but you're playing an All SEC slate, and then here you go in the in the bowl game and beat uh, I believe NC State was ranked at the time, and you know the pieces are in place for Kentucky to to be a lot closer to a ten win team than. Uh, than a six-win team, in my opinion. So I got I would throw Kentucky in there. And, you know, I'm on a, on a ledge here, but I think Auburn is going to be the worst team in the West. So I don't understand these people that that think they should be borderline ranked. I mean, uh, I think and – th- and that's not to say they're terrible. I think the SEC West is just going to be that much improved this year uh, because I think Mississippi State is going to be borderline top 25. I think Arkansas is too. So uh, I think that the SEC West – uh, if I'm an, a, a fan of a team in the SEC East, just be glad you're not in the West this year because uh, I, I think that is just going to be a brutal slugfest this year. Mike, great stuff from you. He's Michael Bratton, host of That SEC Podcast. We really appreciate you taking some time to join us on Kentucky Daily. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. 